Hello and welcome to My Chaotic Mind, the podcast dealing with the everyday difficulties of balancing adult life and eating disorder recovery. My name is Kaz and I shall be your host in this little corner of the podcasting world. It's important to mention I have no background or training in medicine, nutrition or psychology. I simply have my own very many years of lived experience. That said, if you're sitting comfortably, it's time to come with me through the looking glass. Hello and welcome to the final episode of series two of My Chaotic Mind. The podcast will be taking a break over Christmas and the new year, but I do hope to return with more episodes in your ears in 2023. 2023, I can't believe I'm saying that already. But back to this year and today's episode, which is going to be on the topic of anorexia, periods, and premenstrual dysphoric disorder, also known as PMDD. Up until the publication of the DSM-5, I would not have been diagnosed as having anorexia nervosa because I didn't lose my periods until I was at a very low BMI. Eating disorders affect everybody differently. Some people will stop menstruating as soon as they go even a small amount below their optimum weight. For others, it may be their bloods that go haywire. In my case, my neutrophils are the first thing to be affected and the last thing to return to normal. Not everyone will lose their periods. It cannot be used as an indication of severity of illness. Similarly, periods returning does not automatically mean that you're at a healthy weight for your body. My periods, as I said, went at a low BMI and that meant they returned at a low BMI. A BMI at which I would most certainly not have been capable of sustaining a pregnancy. I only lost my periods for about a year and a half and I consider myself to have been very lucky in that respect. The fact that I did not experience long-term low oestrogen levels will have played a significant part in maintaining my bone density despite my many years of restrictive eating and over-exercising. And once you are over the age of 30... You cannot build back bone density. When I lost my periods, I dreaded them returning. I was sure that when they did, I would feel fat, like a failure. And I also thought somehow it made me less successful as an anorexic. I was therefore completely surprised to find that when they did come back, I was absolutely elated. I wanted to tell everyone. I wanted to put a post out on Facebook because I was honestly 
absolutely over the moon. I didn't, (laughs) but I was just so happy. And that was just completely unexpected. Of all the reactions I might have had, that is probably the last one I would have expected. But for me, it meant that my body was, in theory, capable of reproduction. And I had not damaged it in a way that meant I would never have children. The reason that I say in theory is because I have no idea if there are other factors that could render me infertile or unable to carry a pregnancy to term. Since I desperately want children, despite the fact I'll never have them, it was a really wonderful thing for me to get my periods back. But I also knew that I was still far from being healthy. Just because I was menstruating again, it didn't mean that my body was happy at the weight I was keeping it at. I was 39, so this is about three years ago now. Oh God, that's horrible to say. But it's the truth. The return of my periods brought with it a sinister shadow, which I did not even realise existed. Something which had affected me my entire life ever since my first period at the age of 14. Well, I was actually closer to 15 when my period started. I was a very late developer and I only became aware of this when two friends, independently of one another, both told me that they had this condition and they suspected I had it too. Both of these friends, incidentally, also have anorexia and are also binge purge subtype, the same as me. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about premenstrual dysphoric disorder, more commonly known as PMDD, and the correlation between it and eating disorders. It's important to mention that I have done research online and I will cite my sources in the description of this episode should you wish to look at them yourself. Up to 5% of women have this condition and it is classed as a mental illness due to the mental health symptoms it causes. However, this is an endocrine disorder related to hormones. This episode is going to contain discussions around suicidal ideation as well as eating disordered behaviours, depression, self-harm and periods. So if any of that is going to be unhelpful for you, then please stop listening now. But please do come back for the next episode. First, I should probably explain what PMDD actually is. I always thought that I suffered from really bad PMS and I actually ended up going on the combined pill, which really helped, but did not completely remove my symptoms of this. And in case you're wondering, 
No, I did not gain weight on the pill. I know for many women with eating disorders, this potential side effect of weight gain can be a big reason why they may decide not to give the pill a go. But if you do gain weight on the pill, you can stop taking it. Don't let that be a reason to stop you from trying something which could really help to improve your quality of life. I just put everything that I was experiencing down to a combination of PMS and the usual teenage tempers and malaise. It was only almost 25 years later that I realised what I was actually experiencing is probably PMDD. Now, I do not have an official diagnosis of PMDD. It's something which it is extremely difficult to get. So please do bear that in mind while you are listening to this episode. PMDD occurs during the luteal phase of the menstrual cycle. So when menopause occurs or if you become pregnant or suffer amenorrhea, the symptoms of PMDD will stop. They're likely to then reoccur once the pregnancy has ended or your periods return. And the luteal phase is that time between ovulation and the onset of your period. This means that it can vary from person to person. For most people, this is two weeks. I suffer for about three out of every four weeks. I have a clockwork cycle. It is so regular, lasting 26 to 27 days. There is another very similar condition called PME, and that is premenstrual exacerbation. And this is when an underlying mental health condition is exacerbated by the menstrual cycle. The main difference between PME and PMDD is that PMDD symptoms are present during a very specific time. PME symptoms are always present, but increase in severity. It is possible to have both PME and PMDD, and more detailed information can be found about both of these on the IAPMD website, and there will be a link to that in the show notes. I'm going to list now some of the most common symptoms of PMDD. We have lasting irritability or anger, which may affect others, feelings of sadness, despair, and potentially suicidal ideation, feelings of anxiety or tension, mood swings, lack of interest in daily activities, relationships and things you may usually enjoy, difficulty thinking, concentrating or focusing, tiredness and fatigue, food cravings or binge eating, difficulty sleeping, feeling out of control 
and physical symptoms such as tender breasts, cramps, bloating, headaches or joint and muscle pain. Pretty similar to the list of the most common PMS symptoms, right? The key difference is that with PMDD, these symptoms impact on your ability to function in daily life. This is by no means an exhaustive list, nor do you have to experience everything on it to have PMDD. I do experience all of them except for some of the physical ones. And I'm going to go on to talk about how they impact on my life. So for about a week after my period ends, I start to feel the symptoms of PMDD creeping in. My mood begins to drop and for roughly a week, this is the only symptom I really notice that I experience. A lower than normal mood. Moving into the next two weeks, I start to experience mood swings. These can be sudden, erratic and completely inappropriate. I may wake up feeling extremely angry for no apparent reason. Or I may spend the day feeling like I just want to burst into tears and again without any apparent cause. My sleep begins to become disrupted to the point that I may only get three or four hours a night and low-level anxiety sets in. The week before my period begins is the absolute worst for me. As well as everything I have already described, I feel very lethargic. I develop extreme paranoia and feel very overwhelmed and out of control. Tasks and situations which I can normally deal with become impossible to cope with. And I'm not talking about anything complicated here. We're talking things like what to watch on television or what to put on each day. Post will go unopened and I become withdrawn and feel utterly hopeless. My binge and purge behaviour worsens and simple decisions take forever. I will often spend a good hour staring into my wardrobe before closing the doors and walking away because I have been completely paralysed with indecision. I struggle to concentrate on anything for very long. By this point, my close friends and family can usually see a very noticeable change in me. I also start to feel, and indeed act, in a very out-of-control manner. By this, I mean that, as well as increased binge-purge sessions, which is definitely an out-of-control behaviour for me, I also compulsively shop. I make purchases with far less if any, consideration. And I know this is an attempt to emotionally soothe myself. It doesn't work, yet I still do it. When I say that I begin to withdraw, I stop responding to communication, whether that's text or email, 
And when I do respond, it tends to be very short one, two, three word answers. And it's just because it's all too much. It's nothing to do with the person messaging me or what they're messaging me about. And things like making phone calls. I mean, I am an adult woman living alone. If something goes wrong and I need a plumber or an electrician, I need to call them and make that appointment. And I just cannot do that when I am in that state of mind. It's just, it's too much. A couple of days before my period starts is when the suicidal feelings come in. I feel as though I literally want to slice off my skin. I remember an occasion where I was doing the dishes and suddenly had a strong urge to overdose. I mean, I don't like washing up, but it's not that bad. And I hadn't been having any sort of thoughts of ending my life. It it just came completely out of the blue. Similarly, I may be out walking alongside a road and just get an urge to step into the path of traffic. And this isn't the urge that many of us get when we might be standing at the edge of a cliff. What if I were to just jump? This is a sense that my life is pointless, worthless, and I need to be dead. Suffice to say, I do not act on these feelings now, but it can still be pretty scary when something so huge just hits you from nowhere. And in the past, I have made attempts on my life and these were most likely a result of this PMDD, but I didn't know it at the time. I didn't know that these feelings would pass On the final day of my period, I wake up feeling like a completely different person. It's as if a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. My mood is brighter, I feel much more positive, and the future no longer looks bleak and empty. I make the most of this time because I know that in roughly another seven days, the cycle is going to start all over again. PMDD symptoms usually subside a few days after the onset of menses and it's probably worth mentioning that I usually bleed for about seven days. It's easier for me to deal with this knowing now that it's probably PMDD but for most of my life I didn't know this. I used to self-harm and this was born from extreme self-hatred and a feeling that I needed to hurt myself. It was never bad enough to require any kind of medical treatment and it's something which I now see was happening in cycles. I'd be able to stop doing it completely, then it would start up again. This behaviour did stop when I started taking the contraceptive pill And the pill helped to regulate my moods. So rather than having extreme mood swings, I felt as though I just had a consistently low mood and I was diagnosed with depression. 
Looking back now, it's hard for me to gauge whether this was a correct diagnosis or whether it was purely a result of PMDD. The reason I say this is that I no longer believe I have depression and I don't think I've had it since my late 20s. It's not uncommon for those with PMD to also have depression, so it is entirely possible that I did. I just don't know. I most definitely had an eating disorder though, and I distinctly remember that the week before each period, my binge purge behaviour became a daily thing. Then, as soon as my period started, it stopped, and for a few days, I actually had very little appetite. And again, the pill greatly helped to regulate this. When I was 27, I made the decision to swap the contraceptive pill for the implant. I'll be honest, the first two and a half weeks with it were hell. I bled heavily and non-stop. I was at the point that I decided if it didn't stop by the end of the third week, I was going to have the implant removed. But it did stop and it didn't begin again until the three years which the implant lasts for were up. Again, I experienced no side effects after the initial bleeding and I did gain weight, but that was down to the fact I was no longer engaging in eating disordered behaviours. It was nothing directly to do with the implant. So, how quickly did my PMDD and eating disorder symptoms take to go? This is a difficult question for me to answer, partly because I didn't realise I had PMDD, so wasn't monitoring those symptoms, and partly because it was about 15 years ago now. I do know that my recovery felt like a gradual process. It certainly wasn't an overnight thing. I found I was able to eat a bit more and the anorexic voice in my head wasn't as loud or as strong and weight gain stopped being the most terrifying thing in the world. I was living life, having hobbies, socialising, working... And I knew that in order to do all that, I needed to keep eating. I developed a confidence I had never had before and I actually liked my appearance. I distinctly remember putting on a dress and looking at myself in the mirror. My stomach has always been my quote-unquote problem area. It's always been slightly rounded. I was able to notice this and actually not care. So what if my stomach wasn't completely flat? My boobs looked amazing. I should add here that I've always had a small chest and at my heaviest, I was able to just about fill out a B cup. I didn't weigh myself and when I had to go up a dress size, I didn't actually mind. During those four-ish years, I actually became quite muscular as I did a lot of dancing. I don't want anyone to be under the illusion that I was going to the gym and lifting weights because I absolutely was not. I was able to recognise that I was bigger and heavier because of this extra muscle and it didn't bother me at all. I actually ended up with a six-pack, which I hadn't even noticed until a friend pointed it out. And I will add that even then, my stomach was still slightly rounded. 
I only recently made the connection between having the implant fitted and my brief period of complete recovery from my eating disorder. Once the implant was removed, it took about six months for my mood to begin dropping. You may wonder why I didn't have another implant fitted. I was in a relationship at the time, one which I very much hoped would lead to marriage and children. He actually suggested that perhaps I go back on the pill instead, and this is what I did. I have no concrete evidence, but going by my own experiences with the benefit of hindsight, I strongly believe that the implant was much better than the pill at controlling my PMDD symptoms. I believe, and again, have no concrete evidence, that the fact I was on the pill is why my PMDD symptoms returned more slowly. I was unaware that they were sneaking up on me. Towards the end of our relationship, I was definitely having wild mood swings and the paranoia and despair were setting in. I believe these symptoms played a significant role in the demise of this relationship, but I also believe it would have eventually ended anyway. He is, as far as I know, happily settled with someone else and I hope he has found his person. Currently, I am not on any contraception, nor do I have a formal diagnosis, as I said, of PMDD, because getting a diagnosis isn't easy, especially if you already have an existing mental illness. It's very easy for symptoms of PMDD to be attributed to said mental illness, and it's a condition which isn't widely known about. If you suspect that you may have it, then it's a good idea to keep a diary of your symptoms for at least three months. I did this and was very quickly able to spot a cyclical pattern in my mood, thoughts and behaviours. This will also give you a clear example of how much this impacts on your life as well as the symptoms you experience. And you can show this to your GP. There's no cure as such for PMDD, but it can be managed and there are a variety of options for this. SSRIs can be helpful, though chances are if you have an eating disorder, you are already on some form of antidepressant. And contraceptives can also help. The friends I spoke of at the beginning of this episode have found the coil to be helpful in reducing the impact and severity of their symptoms, but it really is a process of trial and error. The exact causes of PMDD are unknown. I was able to ask my mum and she hadn't ever experienced any symptoms of it. Factors such as smoking, trauma and genetics can all play their part. It's thought that those who experience PMDD have a higher than usual sensitivity to the hormonal changes that occur during the normal menstrual cycle. Limited studies have been done into the prevalence of PMDD within those who have eating disorders, mostly on those with bulimia nervosa and binge eating disorder. It was found that women with PMDD were seven times, seven times 
more likely to also have bulimia than women without PMDD. The study found no evidence of an increase in the prevalence of binge eating disorder in those who had PMDD, but it did note that PMDD could have a significant impact on the onset, severity and duration of binge eating behaviours and it can also impede recovery from eating disorders. Many symptoms of PMDD can trigger eating disordered behavioural responses, such as feeling bloated or having cravings. I only had access to one detailed study, and this was published in 2016. It was the first study in America to evaluate the association between PMS, PMDD and eating disorders in a nationally representative epidemiological sample. In short, to survey a group of people who accurately represented the diversity of the population. I reached out to others with eating disorders who have a formal diagnosis of or believe they have PMDD to ask if they would be willing to share any of their experiences. I am extremely grateful to those who took the time to respond and I'm now going to read you some of their words. In order to protect their anonymity, I will not be using any real names. Leah says, HRT has changed my life, though I acknowledge it may not be an option for most people. I started this at the age of 39 and haven't had a period since then, nor have I suffered any of the horrible hormonal mood swings that I used to. Jessica only has one week a month where she feels okay-ish, but the week before she is due on is utterly horrendous. Sometimes she feels she is verging on psychotic and Everything feels completely overwhelming. Corrine says, I spend half the month feeling like I'm on a merry-go-round during the black of night. It spins faster and faster as my period approaches until I feel like I'm going to fall off. Every single cell of my being wants to explode and I want to rip my skin off with self-disgust. I feel both dark, exhausted and suicidally low, whilst buzzing out of control with no rationality, ability to stop or patience to wait. It is a horrible combination which makes functioning near impossible and has led me to life-threatening self-harm, a serious eating disorder due to extreme binge purging leading up to the period and extreme restriction following it, and an extreme feeling of not knowing how or why I should live a life like this. It wasn't until I understood my symptoms and was able to have the coil fitted that my behaviours began to feel more in control. Now it still feels like I become a beast in the lead up to my period, both in size and behaviour, but I am able to step back from that and know that it's not me and I can look forward to the relief I have once I feel like myself again when my period is over. Thank you to those three ladies for allowing me to share their words. PMDD remains very much an enigma. 
Indeed, my local eating disorder services had never heard of it until I told them about it. It isn't something which is mentioned in schools, and I feel it should be, as it could save a lot of young people from years of misery and misunderstanding. At its very worst, it could lead to somebody taking their own life. The lack of knowledge and understanding around it can lead to it being dismissed. As I said, I thought I was just experiencing normal teenage mood swings combined with PMS. In researching this episode, it seems to me that undiagnosed PME or PMDD can make recovery from an eating disorder much more difficult. Whilst finding a way to reduce the severity of PMDD symptoms will not magically enable somebody to be able to recover, it could give them a much better chance. If anything I have said in this episode sounds familiar, whether you can relate to it yourself or feel it may apply to a friend or family member, then I would urge you to look into it. I'm certainly not an expert on it and nor would I attempt to give any advice. Links are in the show notes to the resources I have used and which may be helpful for you. This has been a slightly longer episode than normal, but this is a topic which I felt I needed to give as much time as it took. So thank you very much for bearing with me on that. I do hope that you will join me again next year for series three. And if there are any topics you would like me to discuss in particular, or if you would like to be a guest on series three, then you can drop me a DM on Instagram or send me an email. But for now, I hope you have the best festive season possible and take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of My Chaotic Mind. If you have enjoyed it, it would be greatly appreciated if you could take a moment to rate, review and share it with your friends. It's the only way to let the world know this podcast exists. If you want to get in touch, you can find me on Instagram at edpodcast or you can send an email to edpodcast at gmail.com. I do hope that you will join me for the next episode, but until then, take care. Bye.